It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Washington Commanders are the worst organization in the National Football League. And if you don't believe me, just ask the players. That and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, Commanders fans, and welcome to today's episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app on your Roku or your Amazon Fire Stick. We thank you for making us your first listener, your first view of the day. I'm your host today, David Harrison, staff writer for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation on Twitter at DHarrison82. You can find the show at LO Commanders, credential member of your media. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the National Football League. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. And we know that the Commanders love themselves some Alabama defensive linemen, so we set out to find one of them in this year's NFL draft class. But first, the Washington Commanders have the worst organization in the National Football League. That's how we're going to get today's episode started and that's according to the national football league players association the nflpa sent questionnaires recently out to every player that was on an active nfl roster in 2022 to create what they're calling the nfl player team report card according to nflpa president jc treader the objective here is to inform agents and of course players who are prospective projected free agent players and helping them make decisions that are best for them and also best for their families. There were some rankings in here about how they treat, how NFL organizations treat family members uh, and helping them make their decisions on where to go. In a letter that Treader included in the rankings, basically it was just a situation of a lot of times players are signing with franchises and they really don't know what they're getting themselves into from a day-to-day perspective. Maybe they get a tour of the stadium, the locker room, stuff like that, but how is it being a daily part of the organization and how is it for your family? being a daily part of the organization. So they put out this survey. It was, it was a lot of like one to five type of ratings and things like that and some some short answers and, and the opportunity to give feedback. And look, the NFLPA acknowledges that this study, not scientific, but it does provide a quantitative and qualitative opinion of players with their current franchises. Now, it's important to note as well, they were only allowed to rate their current franchise. So you know, if you if you have a player out there who was, you know, look at Carson Wentz, for example, he was only allowed to rate the Washington Commanders, not the Indianapolis Colts, not the Philadelphia Eagles. So if you have any of those like hard feelings in the past, there, not allowed. They, you know, ideally that would kind of eliminate that from playing uh, a factor. Of course, if Carson Wentz had any hard feelings for the Washington Commanders, potentially played in there, but we're not saying that he did or does. Uh, just food for thought. So thirteen hundred total players responded to the questionnaires. Uh, sent out again by the NFLPA. And when you put everything together and you average it all out and you stack everybody by their scores, the Washington Commanders finished 32nd of 32 NFL teams. And look, that's not going to surprise a whole lot of you out there, I'm sure. But something that might surprise you was in the synopsis for the Washington Commanders. 
Part of the report says, quote, besides the strength coaches who received great feedback and grades as one of the best groups in the league, the rest of the club's operations and facilities were rated by player respondents at the bottom of every single category. The report continues, the locker room does not have confidence that club owner Dan Snyder is willing to invest to upgrade the facilities. And here's where you might be surprised. As players' responses rank him 31st in this category. End quote. Dan Snyder, the 31st ranked owner in the National Football League. More on that uh, here in just a little bit. Commanders players, according to this report, are significantly more concerned about areas of the facility than other teams' players are. And when you look at kind of some of the trends that the NFLPA reported uh, most consistently, or this team most consistently reported training room staff problems being understaffed. Uh, that is, players also reported having the smallest hot and cold tubs to help recover. Only 35% of commanders players felt they had enough personal space in their locker room. Uh, and again, it's only 35% of respondents. So we don't know how many commanders responded, but 35% of those who did respond uh, felt that they had enough personal space. So that's 65%. Did not, and I can confirm with you guys, it's a, it's a little bit crowded in there. Those lockers get pretty tight, and and squeezing guys in there, and, and they're kind of shoulder to shoulder trying to change their clothes and do what they need to do. Um, also complaints of not having warm water in the showers and poor drainage. Twenty two percent of Commanders players that responded felt like they had enough space on team flights. And Washington is one of just six NFL teams that make some of their players have roommates on road trips and don't offer their players first class seats on any flights now look you know in the nfl you know you've got all these people and all these staffers flying to and from games not everybody can get a first class seat you can't make a plane oh i suppose you possibly could but you're not gonna have enough room if you do uh make a plane just full of first class seats these are chartered planes so they've got a standard number uh, of first class seats so not everybody's gonna get a first class seat anyway but a lot of nfl teams do have systems in place to get players into the first class seats from time to time uh, for winning game balls and, and you know game-winning plays, stuff like that. For one example, talk to a Seattle Seahawks beat reporter, Greg Bell, uh, here at the Scouting Combine. He says that his understanding with the Seahawks is if they win a road game, then veterans get to sit in the first-class seats, and they have a rotation of the veterans. So as they win more games, more veterans rotate through those first-class seats. So that's kind of the thing that we're talking about here. Washington Commanders, again, one of only six NFL teams, according to the survey, that don't offer any type of system where a player would sit uh, in a first-class seat. So looking at some of the breakdowns here, the treatment of families is a, is a big concern here that I'll get to. But the best, again, the best ranking for the Washington Commanders was their strength coaches. Strength coaches got an A-plus. So look, the guys on staff doing a great job, tied for first in the National Football League. Then you have the weight room itself getting a C-plus, which was tied for 22nd. Uh, in the league, getting a D was the training staff. And I think a lot of that had to do with understaffing, not so much the staff that were on hand. Could be you know mistaken there, but that's what I understand from the reading. 31st in the NFL for the training staff. Uh, a D-plus given to food service and nutrition. That's tied for 18th in the National Football League. And then a bunch of Fs here. Uh, Washington Commanders players ranking or grading the Washington Commanders treatment of families as an F. Tied for 29th, which was last. Like all the, the 29th teams were the lowest graded team. So treating families poorly, apparently a thing for the Washington Commanders. And then the locker rooms, both finished dead last in locker room and team travel, both finished dead last in the NFL, both getting F minuses. And that was something that really stood out in the media workroom here in Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine. F minuses. I don't even know how you get, like not, did you, not only did you just fail, 
but like you you barely failed as worse like I, there's a, apparently a worse level than than f I, it's it's just incredibly interesting um type of stuff frustrating even um so again so we go so not good marks obviously we, but we go back to that synopsis right and dan snyder the 31st ranked owner in the national football league so who was worse arizona cardinals owner michael bidwell finished 32nd among 32 nfl owners yikes just just yikes uh minnesota vikings finished first in the national football league uh, tied for first in strength coaches, training room, training staff, and locker room uh, along the way. Um, look, so the Minnesota Vikings apparently, I don't know, send every NFL owner to Minnesota and just ask them uh, how they do what they do. Like, we can't fix the Washington Commanders organization right now. We can at least hopefully fix the roster by dipping back into the Alabama Crimson Tide defensive line pool. That's what we're going to do here next on today's episode of Locked On. Commanders. In today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season has come and gone. We are in the final stretch towards the playoffs in National Basketball Association. So now is the perfect time for you to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers, you can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 as bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So if you want to go aggressive, you want to go big uh, and, and you don't make it, you don't get rewarded for your aggression. You can at least get that money back in a bonus bet scenario. Those bonus bets, you can then use them as you will to try to build back your bankroll. Just download the FanDuel Sports Book app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and even threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. I came one Miles Sanders touchdown away from turning $10 into $3,000 during the Super Bowl. Unfortunately. Miles Sanders did not get one of those three Jalen Hurts rushing touchdowns. Uh, so don't miss on your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the NF and official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again, Commanders fans, for making the Locked On Commanders podcast first listener, first view every single day. We talk to perhaps the next Alabama defensive lineman drafted by the Washington Commanders on Wednesday at the NFL Scouting Combine, and his name is Byron Young. Not to be confused with the Tennessee Volunteers' Byron Young, also a defensive lineman. This is Alabama's Byron Young. So if you haven't heard of him or you don't know much about him and you go Googling him, just make sure you get the correct Byron Young. Alabama is who we're talking about, not Tennessee, although Tennessee's Byron Young uh, certainly has uh, some potential as well. So look, why are we going diving after an Alabama defensive lineman? Well, for one, there's the obvious connection. You know, Deron Payne, uh, Jonathan Allen, Fedarian Mathis coming out in the second round. Very promising training camp before he was injured, unfortunately. So there's some success. There's there's some trends there. And, and NFL teams do. They do like to dip into the same talent pools if they have consistent success. So you could legitimately see 
uh, the Washington Commanders kind of target an Alabama defensive lineman here. But do they really need one? Well, yes, they absolutely do. Just maybe not a day one guy. You know what I mean? Maybe not even uh, a second round guy. But here's the situation with the Washington Commanders defensive tackle group as it stands right now. Uh, defense tackle Jonathan Allen, the captain, the star, everybody loves him. He's under contract right now through 2025. Defensive tackle Deron Payne, franchise tagged, assuming he signs that franchise tag through uh, under contract through 2023 this coming season. Fedarian Mathis, last year's second round draft pick, under contract through 2025. John Ridgeway, also under contract through 2025. And then David Bada, through con- un- under contract through 2023. So right now you've got five defense tackles on this Washington Commanders roster. At the end of this season, theoretically, you know, we'll see if David Abada gets a new contract. I don't think Deron Payne gets a new contract. We've talked about that here on this episode or on this show multiple times, but most recently, even this week when he got franchise tag, uh, you're looking at three, three defense tackles. So you need another one. And, you know, Fedari Math is coming off of an injury. You would like to bank on him not having another injury or a setback, but I am a big staunch supporter of draft based on what you have not what you hope to have so if you are doing that then what you have is a group of defensive tackles that has one secure star starter in john allen one guy who had a really good year and was a big contributor in john ridgeway and then david bada who's been kind of a role player kind of a fringe guy that's what you have coming into this season when you look into the future and what your team is going to need. So how do you prevent yourself from getting a position where you have to go defensive tackle in the first round, even though you got a guy like John Allen? Well, you address that early. Give yourself a mid-round pick prospect to develop, and if Fenary Mathis stays healthy and this guy develops in year two, when you lose arguably two of those guys or at least one of those guys, you now have a guy who's ready to step up because you've been developing him, and hopefully he has the talent to be able to contribute as a rookie as well as in a rotational fashion or Knock on wood, if it comes to it, there's an injury or something. They got to step up. They still have talent that you can tap into. And that's where we target a level third or fourth round pick for the Washington Commanders in their defensive tackle group. And that is where Byron Young, again, Alabama Crimson Tide defensive lineman, Byron Young comes into the picture. Byron Young has a similar build to John Allen, Allen whereas Ridgeway and Fenary Mathis are more pain type of uh, build. So you're looking at a guy who's going to come in and try to be the backup for John Allen directly, and then uh, moving forward, develop into a guy who can be potentially that replacement. Because look, when Allen's current contract is up, uh, this draft pick, Byron Young, would have three years of NFL experience at that time, and Allen's contract would expire after he turns 30. Now, don't put away the pitchforks. Don't come after me here. I'm not saying you shouldn't re-sign a John Allen after he turns 30, because if he's still John Allen, then absolutely you want to give him another contract and Byron Young is either a really good role player, you know, and stuff like that. Maybe you trade him, you know, for three years down the road. We can't really accurately kind of project what could or could not happen uh, with these guys. But the bottom line is you want to have some insurance here, some security in case what if happens with John Allen. Or maybe, look, he just decides at that point in his career, whatever's going on in Washington, he wants to go do something else. And you don't want a franchise tag, uh, defense tackle over the age of 30. Whatever it is, provide yourself some insurance. Secure the future of your roster. Um, Young is NFL.com's currently 10th ranked defensive tackle in this NFL class. And according to NFL.com's Lance Zerline's draft profile of uh, Byron Young, he praises him for his leadership ability, tight hands and creating improved power uh, coming off the line of scrimmage, reads plays well, has good good, good recovery ability, the technique to swim and separate from blockers, shoots gap with leverage and bend. 
active hands uh, and feet and can eliminate blocker punch to open the rush door. So a lot of good things there from Lance Zerline just behind has him ranked just behind Zach Pickens out of South Carolina and just ahead of DJ Dale coming out of also Alabama, both also uh, very solid options if they were going to uh, go there. We talked to, to Byron Young during his NFL scouting combine media session on Wednesday, and I asked him directly, you know, if he, you know, obviously the Washington Commanders have a Alabama trend going about them. How would he feel about coming to Washington and joining Alabama teammate Fidari Mathis, Brian Robinson Jr., and then other Alabama players like Deron uh, Payne and Jonathan Allen? He told me, quote, I would love to go there. I would love to reunite with Fidari Mathis. It would be great to be up there with him, with Brian Robinson Jr., Jonathan Allen, and Deron Payne, all guys who played at Alabama who really set the standard, end quote. And then specifically on Fidari Mathis, I asked him, if there's been a former teammate who's really kind of taken him under his wing and really shown him the ropes, and he immediately identified Fidari Mathis, big Phil, as he called him, quote, he's been the guy who became like a big brother to me. Every single week, I'm calling him. He's calling me, asking me how things are going, just giving me advice on what to expect and how to handle everything that's coming my way, end quote. And Young is listening to him. He's taking it in. He's listening to him. And he even mentioned coming into his rookie season. This is his rookie season. He doesn't have an NFL team yet, but this is – Byron Young's rookie season even mentioned that Federer Mathis is still giving him help all the way through this process on what to expect becoming an NFL defensive lineman. So it's, it, it seems to work to me. It's it's a trend. Alabama Crimson Tide defensive lineman. Obviously, the team knows him. Or they love them. And look, if he's already listening to Federer Mathis and learning the lessons that Federer Mathis, Mathis learned as a rookie, even after getting injured, just living this NFL life. He's going to come to Washington. He's going to continue listening to this guy. He's going to continue taking that leadership. He's going to continue developing his own leadership skills. And why wouldn't you want a guy who legitimately wants to be a part of the mix? Uh, it makes a lot of sense. But does the expense make a lot of sense? Does the cost match the need? That's what we have to examine. So if we're targeting Young, where do we need to get him? It's going to take a draft trade from, from my research, from my anticipation. It's going to take a draft trade. I'm going to break down those details next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What does a mock draft look like if we're targeting Byron Young or even Alabama's DJ Dale? to join the Washington Commanders roster and become the next Crimson Tide defensive lineman to join the Commanders defensive line. To me, you're targeting late day three, or late day three, late day two, early day three, if you can get them. But guys, I don't think Byron Young is going to last just quite that long. So if you don't want to make the trade, you don't want to spend a little bit of capital, maybe you wait and you hope to get a DJ Dale. But if Byron Young is your guy, you're going to have to move up to get him. But I'm not talking about our first round trade here. So we go through this. And no, it's not mock draft Monday, but you know what? We're in Indianapolis. The NFL scouting combine is going on. Why not? It, it's draft focused this week. Let's hit a bonus mock draft here on this Thursday episode of Locked On Commander. So 
We're not going to need to trade our first round pick. So number 16, you've got some attractive options. You got defensive lineman Kalijah Kansi out of Pittsburgh or Pitt, uh, defensive lineman Brian Brissy out of Clemson. Both those guys are available. Both those guys are awesome. Look, you got John Allen, you got Deron Payne for another year, you got Federer Maps coming back. Don't need to invest a first round pick. So even though they're very attractive prospects, we're not going to go pull the trigger here and say, oh, well, we're not going to wait till the third or fourth round. We're just going to do it right now. So instead, in this mock draft simulation that I ran again on profootballfocus.com, uh, Alabama safety Brian Branch is available. And I know we're targeting Alabama defensive lineman by her young, but you know what? If it works, it works. Brian Branch, uh, NFL.com, his comp is Minka Fitzpatrick, only one of the best free safeties in the National Football League today. Uh, they talk about him being a starting nickel right away, potential starting pair for me with Cam Curl, Derek Forrest playing that Buffalo nickel spot with the ability to stay formation disciplined when facing motion. I'll never forget, uh, Ron Rivera kind of talked about that wanting to have a defense that even if the opponent is running motion, your defense just has to check and call and make signals. Don't necessarily have to move a bunch of guys around. Helps you keep your defensive call a little bit better disguised against the opposing quarterback. Gives you a little bit of an advantage. Brian Branch can help you do that. And with the uh, exit of, Brian, of uh, Bobby McCain, I know that Ron Rivera said that that release was mo mostly based on kind of the young guys and what they were able to contribute. Jeremy Reeves, Danny Johnson, uh, Percy Butler specifically. And I'm and I i I'm totally on board with all that, but I don't see any of those guys as necessarily being shoe-ins and locks for day one starters uh, back there with Cam Curl. And I think Derek Forrest, you want the ability to play him in that Buffalo nickel uh, as much as possible. Keep Benjamin St. Juice on the outside, Kendall Fuller on the outside. You bring in Brian Branching, play your top heavy free safety position, your single high free safety position if you need it. Cam Curl has some coverage ability as well. And then, of course, you can drop him down in the nickel when you need to. To me, that's a very solid pick at number 16. So then we move into the second round, and we get to number 47. A couple of edge guys are available here. Andre Carter out of Army. Will McDonald, the fourth out of Iowa, Iowa State. Both very good options. Look, Chase Young, I expect his fifth-year option to, to get declined. So there's a possible possibility that he's not going to be a Washington commander in 2024. Taking a guy like Andre Carter, taking a guy like Will McDonald, the fourth, making them a backup, developing here them here. In 2023, their rookie season to potentially take over as a starter next year if Chase Young does indeed depart would be incredibly smart. But me, you got to get out of the first two picks. You got to get out of the first round, second round, the top 90 or so picks with an offensive lineman. I just I just don't see any other way around it unless this team goes forward and signs three new starting offensive linemen. You're going to have to at least draft one. Offensive guard Steve Avila out of TCU is sitting there on the board ready to go to an NFL team. NFL.com's Lance Zerline says he's likely to start right away. I agree with him. You plug him in at guard, and, and, and you let the rest of it kind of figure its way out. So you shore up your offensive line. You shore up your defensive secondary with our first two picks. Now we get to the third round. And when you look at the third round, there's a string here. So the Washington Commanders have the 97th overall pick, uh, compensatory pick projected by, by Pro Football Focus, right? There are three teams here in the 80s that need a defensive lineman, an interior defensive lineman type or a three-technique type, a guy that a, a type of guy that Byron Young is in this NFL draft. When you talk about the 10th-ranked defensive lineman, this is around the time you're going to start to get to that 7, 8, 9, 10th guy, and I don't know that he's going to make it all the way to 97. In fact, looking at the board the way it was falling, he's the second-best defensive lineman ranking uh, ranked left on the board here. The trenches are an incredibly big need. Is he going to be ranked in the 80s necessarily on most people's big boards? Maybe not, but the need kind of elevates things there. So to me, 
You got to get ahead of the Lions, Bucks, and Seahawks in round three. That's picks 81, 82, and 83, which means you're targeting at least pick number 80 in a move up. The Pittsburgh Steelers hold that pick. So if you're making a trade with them, number 97 holds a trade value, traditional trade value chart uh, value of 112 points. The 80th overall pick carries a value of 190 points. That's a 78 point difference. So you're going to have to throw in number 118, which is your fourth round pick this year. Brings you 60 points in value, leaves 18 points left over. For me to get this deal done, I'm throwing in a 2024 fifth rounder. So you're giving up a third and a fourth this year. You're throwing in a fifth and next year that carries 30 points. That's a 12-point difference. Pittsburgh's going to give me a 2024 sixth. So I'm going to give up my third, fourth, next year's fifth. I'm going to get Pittsburgh's third and I'm going to get Pittsburgh's sixth next year in order to move up 17 spots from 97 to 80 to select Byron Young. If you do that, your first three rounds, you end up with an overall grade according to PFF. And of course, everybody's rankings are a little bit different of a B plus. You get a starting guard, a starting nickel slash safety, coverage safety, has some in the box moves uh, to pair with Derek Forrest and with Cam Curl. Hopefully you're getting a contract on with Cam Curl in the process and you're getting yourself a defensive tackle that contribute in sub packages or in, in you know spelling situations to keep your guys fresh. Or in case of injury, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. And you have insurance. So next year, if you lose Deron Payne, then you hopefully have Federian Mathis, who's coming off of a healthy second season. You still have John Allen. And now you have Byron Young to give you a head start on trying to fill those holes. If you know he's not the guy not ready to be a main contributor, if Federian Mathis isn't ready, then you're probably going to go defensive tackle uh, in the first or second round anyway. But you're giving yourself that opportunity. There's a bloodline there coming from that program. He and Federian Mathis are tight. He's already following that tutelage. I mean, you have every reason for this to be a successful venture, which uh, justifies the cost as far as I'm concerned. So that is what a potential draft could look like if you're the Washington Commanders and you are targeting another Alabama defensive line uh, lineman, in this case, the one that I've identified, Byron Young. Let me know what you think of all of that in the comments below. If you would do something different, if you don't do something different, um, if you're just sure that the Commanders are going to get a long-term deal doing Deron Payne, and I'm completely wrong there, let me know as well. Either way, whether we agree, disagree, or otherwise, I appreciate you, as always, for coming through and making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listener, your first view of the day. Now make your second listener view the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into the sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you've got questions or topics you want to discuss here on this show, send them in via email to LockedOnWashingtonCommanders at gmail.com or hit the LO Commanders DM at LO Commanders on Twitter. I'm David Harrison. Once again, staff writer for Commanders Country, part sports illustrated, fan agent, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders on Twitter at DHarrison82. And again, thank you for making us your first listener, your first view every single day. If you're out and about, folks, please be safe, be kind to one another, and thank you as always for joining me right here on Locked On Commanders. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.